This week has been designated as a National Vocation Awareness Week. And so I wanted to say a word about vocations to the priesthood. You know, we have a whole brochure rack out there on the welcome table with all kinds of resources about vocations to the priesthood. We certainly encourage you to take some of those. Uh, and if you know a man who's interested or looks like he'd be a good candidate for the priesthood, to share that information with him. Now, I know you're probably like, not another homily about vocations to the priesthood. You know, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm married, I'm a woman. I'm not going to become a priest. But that's all right. Because, uh, you know, the, the story in the gospel today gives us a very important and sound principle for all vocational discernment. And uh, that's important to all of us. You know, because you never know when your vocation is going to change. You know, someone could die, you could lose your job, uh, you could have a baby. Something as simple as a fall can change uh, your whole life. And so we always have to be uh, willing, willing to discern where is God calling us to be. So the story of Zacchaeus is an important one. We see Zacchaeus. He is, of course, a, a wealthy tax collector. We know that he has extorted people. He says that himself. Uh, so he's not exactly a nice guy, but he certainly has a, a, a status in society, right? He's, he's an important person, so to speak. Not the kind of guy that would probably put up with people pointing and laughing at him. And yet, when Jesus comes through the city, he is somehow fascinated with Jesus to the point where he decides he's going to climb a tree. Well, you can imagine all the pointing and laughing that people were probably doing seeing this, uh, this old tax collector guy climbing a tree. But he doesn't seem to be aware of any of that. Then Jesus calls him down and uh, says he's going to stay at his house and have dinner. And the people grumble about that. He's going to stay at the house of a sinner. Now, again, as a tax collector, I'm sure Zacchaeus would have been very uh, capable of grumbling back at them, you know, like, put these people in their place. Hey, I'm going to raise your taxes, you know, you be quiet, right? But he doesn't do that. Instead, he surprises all of them by giving half of his wealth away and, and saying that he'll restore fourfold what he has taken unjustly. Now, it doesn't say this in the gospel, but I bet that there were people there who were like, oh, yeah, Zacchaeus, sure, you're going to do that. You're just saying that to make it look good since Jesus is here right now, but you're not really going to do that. Again, it, he doesn't seem to let any of that bother him. He's just focused on Jesus. That's the only thing uh, that has caught his attention. And see, that's the, that's the real uh, vocational principle that we see in the life of Zacchaeus. What is that thing? in our life that we find so interesting, so fascinating, so attractive, that we just kind of forget about everybody else's opinion and we just do what we think is the right thing to do. And in fact, that we're so kind of invested or involved in this thing that uh, people don't even really understand why we do what we do. Or turn it around, we don't understand why everybody else does what they do. I bet Zac uh, Zacchaeus was probably like, I can't believe all these people. Jesus is walking through, and they're not really even seeing him. They're not following him. Don't they see that this is someone important? I remember when I was in high school, I was on, in a retreat program, celebration retreat. And that was a, a big part of my discernment of the priesthood. But even there, on a retreat program, I discovered that, you know, I 
thought about things differently than other people. Uh, I was always kind of shocked in general when I was younger by the kind of cavalier way that people will say, oh my, G-O-D, you know, and just kind of throw God's sacred name around in a casual way. So at one point I got the whole team together and I was like, guys, we need to like sign a gosh pledge. Like I'm just going to say gosh. And so I like, got everybody to sign this list. Like there's a little bit of arm twisting going on there. Uh, you know, people were probably like, what, what, what is this guy on about? Like, just I'll worry about how I talk and you worry about how you talk. Stop bothering me. But I just couldn't see it that way. You know, to me, it was just the obvious thing to do. We, we shouldn't be talking this way. Or again, um, when I was in seminary, my family, when we were growing up, we always had the practice of sticking around after Mass was over to spend some time in prayer, having received Holy Communion. And uh, when I was in seminary, a lot of the seminarians didn't do that. That was partially because lunch was right after Mass, you know, so you wanted to go eat. But uh, one the first homily that I ever preached as a deacon in seminary, I was like, we should all stay after Mass and pray, you know? And some of the guys were like, well, you know, there's other times to pray. You don't have to stay at the end of Mass and pray. But I just couldn't see it that way. To me, it was so obvious. This is the right thing to do, you know? So that's the idea. What is that thing in our lives that... Uh, we know what we think we ought to do. And even though other people don't see it that way, we know that that's what we ought to do. There's something there that God is using to lead us to our vocation. Of course, it doesn't need to always be religious. This summer, when we did our annual group, uh, youth group mission trip down to Appalachia, I was driving with a young man in my car. And as we were driving along, he saw this, um, you know, uh, farm tractor and he told me the like the make and, and model of it I was quite impressed that he knew that and then we were driving past this big one of these big oil tanker trucks on the road and he said that one is empty I said how do you know that he said the gauge on the back of it was on empty I said I didn't know there was a gauge on the back of it you know how do you know those things and he, he was telling me about how he watches all these YouTube videos on farming and how to run equipment on a farm I was blown away like I didn't, it's so unusual to find a teenager who is so interested and knowledgeable about farming. So I didn't say that to him, but I was like, man, you probably have a vocation to be a farmer, you know? Uh, so that's, that's the idea. The Lord wants us to know what, is, what are those things in our life that just fascinate us, which attract us. That is God's way of leading us to our vocation. And if that thing in your life is God, is the church, is the faith, then it doesn't matter who you are, you have a vocation in some way to serve the church. You know, maybe you'll be a permanent deacon or a nun or a, a DRE or a, a, a catechist, something like that. But if you are a, a single man, there is at least a chance that God is calling you to be a priest. So today I want to invite you to think about that, to pray about that, that we need priests. We need priests who will serve God and serve his people by bringing the sacraments uh, to the Lord, of the Lord to his people. And so as we all try to discern those, those moments, those parts of our lives in which Jesus is calling us, calling us to our specific vocation that only we can fulfill, that only we have in the body of Christ. Let us especially pray for those men that the Lord is calling to the priesthood. Again, take that literature as you go and share with people that you might uh, know who could discern a vocation to the priesthood so that we can have good and holy priests who will serve God and his people.